Greeting from the bowels of the Horror Press estate, and welcome to a new episode of the Horror Press Podcast, a podcast brought to you by HorrorPress.com. My name is James Michael, and I am the curator of all things Horror Press. As always, this show aims to bring you the latest horror news you may have missed or overlooked, a place to quickly cover the happenings of the horror world, whether that's studio announcements, movie releases, or box office numbers, as well as some light genre discussion. I'm joined by a special guest today. You may know him as the official reaction horror of Horror Press. He is my friend and longtime esteemed colleague, Alex Work. Hey, Alex, how are you today? Hi, James Michael. Thank you for having me. Try to do my best Miranda Priestley impersonation for you. <laughs> We're also scared of you. <laughs> so, you saw Scream 6. Twice. I did too. I saw it on Tuesday and friday and i it was a great time what did you think without really, spoilers oh yeah i really loved it i thought it was fresh but it kind of followed the trajectory of scream 2 it was exciting it was actually kind of scary which i don't normally get scared from scream movies i just thought it was really great it's so weird growing up that this is like our franchise like so many generations had like their fr- Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, but growing up, like, Scream was ours, basically. Like, we grew up with that franchise. And we had to wait a very long time in between some of them. Yeah. I mean, but considering the other franchises, Scream, there aren't really many that aren't that are bad. Like, yeah, some rank a little lower, but none of them are bad compared yeah. to Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. Yeah, which is partially what Scream takes a stab at because they take their time and they make great movies they don't just kind of shovel out garbage yeah so the first topic well just so everyone knows we won't be discussing scream six until the very end of the episode and we will let you know when we start and when the spoilers will begin so until then you're safe so starting with we're just going to touch on the fact that scream six is projected to become the highest grossing installment its opening weekend uh according to variety it's estimated that it's going to bring in 43.5 million and it got 19.3 million its opening day including 5.7 million in previews so apparently it murdered 65 and champions i mean 65 didn't really even have a chance like they dropped marketing on that immediately yeah i i stayed away from whatever apparently the trailer spoiled but yeah, I haven't heard much about that ever since. I don't really know much about it other than Adam Driver and dinosaurs. Yeah. And they did a really good job at marketing Scream this time around. And the five did very well. So people are excited. Speaking of their marketing, did you abuse that ghost face phone call thing? Because I definitely did. Yes, thanks to you. You told me about it. But <laughs> I, I went through my contacts list and called a lot of people. <laughs> I made sure that everyone on my contacts list got a phone call from Ghostface. So, of course, with such good numbers, they've already greenlit Screen 7. They actually greenlit Screen 7 before it even, like, released. So yeah. they were very confident that it was going to do well. Yeah, they. I mean, they had the Scream fan events. I mean, we have Jenna Ortega. Everyone's obsessed with her. So they had a lot going for them. I'm surprised that the fan events got 3D 
like movies. Like I didn't get to see it. I haven't gone to the fan event. Lewis did, and he said it was actually pretty well done. Surprisingly, um, it's just kind of surprising that they did 3D for this movie. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah, I saw it in 3D too, and I I saw it also in regular. And I will say it did give it some depth. Um, you know, there's no kind of pop out in your face moments, but it just especially when they're looking down dark alleys and things like that, it really kind of made it pop a lot. If they still had the fan events going on here, I would definitely check it out. But all the times were really bad for me. Like Thursday, I think it was at five and there's no way I could make it that early. So kind of sad I missed out on that poster too. Yeah, I just really wanted that poster actually. So it looks like Sam Raimi said on a Reddit, Ask Me Anything, that Drag Me to Hell 2 is a possibility, depending on if Ghost House Pictures can pitch him a good idea. As much as I love Drag Me to Hell, it feels so, like, done. Like, you can't... How are they going to make a sequel to that, unless it's with a totally different cast? Yeah, it would just have to be something different, but... How can you tell a different story with that? The the gag has been used up. So I really don't know where they would go with that. Unless we, like, follow Justin Long trying to get his girlfriend back. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, because if you just start with a new cast and the same thing happens, it could be fun, but it's not going to be anywhere near as exciting as the first time. And people seem to, like, have slept on that movie. It's such a fun time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not I too know... serious. I know a lot of people weren't quite aware of the tone, I feel, when they talk about it, if they haven't seen it before, they they think it's goofy, and it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's the most Evil Dead-y movie that's not Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's goofy, it's, it's kind of like dark and spooky, but silly, and there's slapstick, and it's very Sam Raimi, very yeah. Sam Raimi Evil Dead. Yeah, I mean, there's a talking goat and her eyes bug out of her head. So. What a fun scene, the dancing goat. <laughs> so Full Moon has announced that the next subspecies will be heading to streaming March 25th. Um... Subspecies is kind of like a guilty pleasure of mine. I've watched it since I was a child. Seeing Radu, this goofy, scary Romanian vampire, suck on a blood-flavored ring pop. They haven't released a subspecies movie in so long, and if you're into full moon-type movies, like this should definitely be on your radar. And the fact that they're giving us a new one after all these years is very exciting at least for me, especially since, like, according to the trailer, we're getting some backstory on Radu. It has some really fun potential, I feel, especially since we get to see actual vampire powers that don't involve chopping off your fingers and creating little tiny goons. 
or ghouls or whatever they are. I don't think they ever explore that in the movies. So I'm very excited to see Radu again. So according to Deadline, Atomic Monster and Blumhouse, you know, James Wan from The Conjuring and Jason Blum, are teaming up with Behavior to bring us a Dead by Daylight movie. This movie is like such an insanely popular game. And um, bringing it to the big screen is probably a very smart idea. Consistently, this game is always like very highly watched on Twitch. It's very popular these days. I'm sure this money, this this game is just going to print money for both of them. I just don't know what kind of storyline they could come up with to make it. Yeah, definitely would do well regardless, but they really would have to get a good plot because the plot's not going to be a bunch of people have to escape a forest by daylight, you know? Um, Plus, there's, like, a lot of lore that's not really too explained in the game. Like, there's this thing called the Entity that basically pits the survivors against a killer. So I, I wonder if we'll get some backstory on that. Like, what is the Entity? I think I would be most excited for that, which I don't know how they could necessarily do this, is how the franchise has now become so inclusive to all the horror icons as villains in the game. And that's probably the most exciting thing to me about it, but I don't know if they will include anything like that or not. Yeah, it's crazy the fact that in this one single game, like you can play as Ghostface or mm -hmm. Freddy Krueger or Leatherface you don't really get that opportunity ever in video games. I know we have a couple that are in the pipeline, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just as a standalone game, or I think Killer Clowns for Outer Space is due to come out with a new game as well. But if you're into horror, it's it's very hard to ever get to play as these characters. I also think Puppet Master has a game that's in beta now, but Dead by Daylight was the game that did it first. Yeah, it could be exciting if they do it right. Uh, it is Blumhouse, so fingers crossed. It's also kind of crazy that Atomic Monster and Blumhouse are set to merge this summer. So if you've been following the podcast, you'd know that we've talked about Ch Children of the Corn a couple times already and we finally have a date for children of the corn and it will be releasing on streaming march 21st i don't know exactly where i'm assuming it's going to be shutter shutter has not responded to me shame on them um it could be just video on demand um but i assume it's going to be shutter since they are the owners of of the movie So with all the buzz of Scream right now, um, there have been some whispers that Jenna Ortega is set to have a main role in Beetlejuice 2, which is being worked on. I mean, I, I don't know how much confidence I have in Beetlejuice at this point. I feel like they've been teasing a Beetlejuice 2 for years at this point. Um, I want it really bad. Um, 
I don't want it to be done half-assed because it's such a amazing, nostalgic movie for me. Um, I think Jenna Ortega would be a really smart addition to the project. I just want it to happen already. <laughs> like, I feel like it's been talked about for so long. Remember a couple years ago when they had those fake teaser images for Beetlejuice 2? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. maybe they feel like they finally got Horror's It Girl on board, so they're ready to move full steam ahead with it. Yeah. I mean, would she be like a Lydia Dietz-type character? I did read she would be Lydia's daughter, supposedly. Oh, wow. Because if she... It's, it's called 2, it's not a remake, so... Um, yeah, that would make sense. But Burton and Keaton are supposedly returning, so... It could go well. The only thing I get a little concerned about with her is this point i know she said she's really obsessed with beetlejuice but she's i don't want her to become typecast into these roles and that's all she does yeah i mean she's definitely been in basically just horror type roles Mm -hmm. but she seems to love it Yeah, and people seem to love her in these type roles so she's also very young too who knows what in 10 years she'll be up to Yeah, she has her whole career. Did you see that Jenna Ortega has been roasting Wednesday season one? Yes. Seems like she was a little peeved during production. It's weird because I recently watched her on Hot Ones and she like praised Wednesday. And that wasn't that long ago when she did that appearance. And now she's not happy with it. She was she called Wednesday mean. And um, she didn't really like the script at all and made several changes. Yeah, I did read that. Some of the stuff she changed was probably for the better. She It kind of seemed like it was coming across a little too young adult corny. And she realized that, it seemed. And she didn't want Wednesday to just be yet another CW character. Yeah, it seems like she signed on to the show before she had an accurate picture of what the show would be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw one of the lines from the quote that was pulled was... When I first signed on to the show, I didn't have all the scripts. I thought it was going to be a lot darker. It wasn't. I didn't know what the tone was or what the score would sound like. Um, So it definitely seems like she had a different picture in her mind. Uh, I mean, she's kind of spot on, though, because personally, I didn't really care for it. It it just wasn't that great to me. Sabrina um, on Netflix is really good, and I feel like this was below that in terms of what they could have done yeah sabrina definitely i thought was just perfect it was a great balance of like ya but also very dark very dark sometimes yes and um wednesday should have definitely been more like sabrina yeah i mean it worked for them it was insanely popular but I would have liked it if it was a little more nasty. (laughs) Yeah. I think also Jenna Ortega mentions that, like, 
Wednesday can pull off the stunts that she did when she was younger and get away with it. But as a teenager, keeping that same character is just mean. Mm. Like, and I get that. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a series, so I'm sure we'll see her develop into more of a Morticia-esque character, I guess. Yeah. So finally, we're on to Scream Talk. And although we're not going to talk about Scream 6 yet, we're going to ease our way into it and talk a little bit about Scream 1 to 5. And then when we get to Scream 6, I will make sure to let you guys know. Spoilers. Okay? So when it comes to the Scream franchise, I mean, what would you say is your favorite opening kill? I mean, it's always got to be Drew Barrymore. It's that that opening itself is basically a short film. It's so good, so well done. At the time, it was like the gag of all gags for Drew Barrymore to be in that and get killed. I don't, I don't see how anything could ever really top that. No one saw that coming either. Like it was the first time, really, that the leading person, the top build star, was just off in the opening scene. Right. Like, it people lost their minds uh-huh and i mean that wig that sweater it was <laughs> iconic <laughs> it really was uh forget about the wig and the sweater that phone was iconic uh-huh like i remember seeing that phone as a kid and being like that's a cool phone why can't our house have a phone like that right yeah i don't the worst thing i feel about that is they didn't do a very good job with the title card at the end of that. I thought that was a little hokey looking, but they learned their lesson. Yeah. I mean, it was also pretty graphic. Mm-hmm. Um, and upsetting, her parents finding her like that. Usually, I don't really think that happens in any of the other ones where, like, a loved one. It's kind of weird that in a lot of the screen movies, the parents are just, like, absent. Yeah, it's kind of like Pokemon. so okay so moving on from your favorite opening kill your favorite chase sequence i mean similar to the original opening it's got to be the gale and dewey in the sound studio in two it's again probably the most well done one of the entire franchise yeah uh the sound studio is really good i to me it's a tie between that one and CC at Omega Beta Zeta. Like, I like that one, but I mean, SMG was better in I Know What You Did Last Summer. That chase scene was, that chase scene is probably better than maybe anything in Scream. Definitely. I think Helen was better than CC, but I don't know. Seeing, seeing Sarah Michelle Geller in a sorority being chased around the house and being flung off of a balcony. Mm-hmm. I think my gripe time, with it that is a little short once it gets going. Yeah. At the time, I was obsessed with it because of Buffy. Um, and I, I lost my mind because, you know, how could you just fling Buffy off of a balcony? <laughs> but now it's just, I don't know. It just, it's so perfect to me. 
But number one is definitely the one when Gail gets attacked on campus. Sees Dewey stabbed in front of her, and there's nothing she could do about it. It's, yeah, she it's kinda, just perfect. She kind of um, gets that Millie Bobby Brown in Stranger Things moment where she's grabbing her head, and she's just kind of shaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other one I do want to point out, though, is in Scream 3, Sydney on the soundstage. That, I feel, is underrepresented in Scream history. Definitely. Um, seeing her run around the replica of the house that started it all is so good. And it's and, dark, too. She finds her mom's body bag. Yeah. From Scream 1 to 5, who is your favorite? Ghostface. Gotta be Jill Roberts. She's just insane in the best way. <laughs> Definitely. I'm always surprised when I hear people like spreading conspiracy theories about Jill Roberts still possibly being alive. Well, they say the same thing about Stu, which they mentioned in six, by the way. I feel like they mentioned it about both of them, didn't they? Well, they mentioned her, but they don't say she's alive, possibly. Yeah. But, I mean, the whole thing with Jill and how we see what a ghost face really would do if they were getting away with it, I mean, that was amazing. And it was just psychotic and I mean, she's in Scream Queen. She's Madison Montgomery. She knows how to play a crazy bitch. I think she did. She did a great job. And then seeing her like have that meltdown was just so good. Yeah, and it kind of redeems how, throughout the movie, she's very, very subdued. She was being painted to be the new Sydney, but she was very under the radar compared to Sydney. Yeah, for me, it would have to be a tie between. Amber Freeman and Nancy Loomis. And I know I'm probably going to get some hecklers for Amber Freeman. I really loved her. I loved her. For some reason, I clocked her as Ghostface at the start. Like, she wasn't fooling me. I She just gave me the Ghostface vibes. And she was just... Her. Yeah, she just had this, like, mean edge to her that just mm. felt so good. And Nancy yeah. Loomis is just, you know... Yeah, that's Unhinged. the other one that's iconic that yeah, Lori so Like, and, who can top that? Well, also, I feel like she's probably one of the best pre-Ghostface reveal characters. Debbie Salt is just constantly coming for Gale. <laughs> yeah. So, on to Scream 6. It's officially not safe away or go to the theater yeah i mean go see scream immediately as soon as you can i wonder when when scream 6 is going to be hitting paramount plus i'm sure it's going to be soon probably within a month what do you think yeah i mean wasn't that five it was uh i think in march five came on there yeah i don't know but with with how well it's doing maybe they'll try to prolong it in theaters yeah they want to bang for their buck because it is doing very well yeah so for scream six we have to start with the opening kill because it's so different from any of the other opening kills mm -hmm. when i was watching this i honestly in all the trailers the moment i saw samara weaving i was like that bitch is gonna be ghostface like she can't help herself she <laughs> loves to be a villain and she does it really good She's going to be Ghostface. There's no way. And she was 
like part of the opening kill. And she was really endearing. Like she seemed like a really nice woman. And I know. Sad to see her go. She, Normally, she, was... she plays like this femme fatale that wants to murder and eat you, and mm-hmm. she was this dainty, delicate little flower. But she was self-deprecating. She was kind of coming for herself their awkward flirty humor this cute little like film professor that like specialized in slashers and she got off right at the start and then we got like the biggest gag of them all was right after she dies ghostface takes off his mask right and he says he says what did he say i oh now i see red and normally it would cut to the title yeah and um I was really thrown off by that. I was like, oh, they must be doing something different this time around. Because why would they give away Ghostface at the start? And then, of course, then we get the proper opening kill, right? After that. Yeah. um, His phone rings. It was very opposite of the Scream 4 climax, where when before we saw what Ghostface would do if they got away with it, now we're seeing what Ghostface did after the opening kill. Yeah. Which part of the opening kill that's coming up, I felt like Scream 6 was much more graphic than all the other screams. Yeah, definitely. Like the when he thing... opens up the fridge and there's just like a chopped uh-huh. up body in there, like that's something I, I normally wouldn't imagine would be in a Scream movie. Yeah. I mean, Scream 4 did go there with Olivia's death, but normally they don't really. So, yeah. So... He goes home after killing Samara Weaving and um, he takes off his ghost face mask and puts it on his like little altar. And his phone starts to ring and it's the real ghost face. And I'm, I'm guessing they were trying to make it seem like this was a fake ghost face being taken out by the real ghost face. So the, the new ghost face is kind of like the good guy for a second. For one second, yeah. For one I second. will say it wasn't as intense as it could have been simply because we're watching a killer get killed. So it's a little less. You're not really rooting for him. But it's still yeah. very, very interesting and exciting. Oh, and then the iconic line right before the title card. Yeah, who gives a who fuck, gives a about, fuck your about movies? movies? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah. To quote Allison Breen, Scream 4, fuck me wow. That was good. So how did you think Scream 6 did representing New York? I thought it did a really good job. It, um, it really heightened the intensity of close quarters in a lot of the chase sequences. Um, we see walk-ups, we see small apartments, uh, that whole ladder scene, the bodega. It really did a good job of kind of making everything seem a little bit smaller. Also that subway sequence. I don't know because Sam and Tara Carpenter's apartment, let's start there, is really fucking big. For a New York apartment, that was really big and really nice. Yeah, the apartment friends. Yeah, the apartment even in the opening sequence was really nice. Uh-huh. Like they had a fireplace. I think that he had like a TV in his fireplace. Like it was yeah, top there was notch. Like a projector in there or something. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe these were kind of like dorms. I don't know because he was in class with Tara, 
So clearly, maybe it was like a campus apartment. I'm not sure for Blackmore. Possibly. Um, I mean, I did go to school in New York, and some of the dorms are pretty nice just because the universities there buy up buildings. And if they happen to be spacious, then that's what it is. But for Tara's, I'm not sure if that's the case because she makes like a comment about Sam holding two jobs Mm -hmm. to pay rent. That's realistic to me, but that was a big apartment. Maybe their roommate was. She had an OnlyFans. She could have. She was very into the bedroom action. She could have. Very sex positive. Yes. But um, speaking of, again, New York the subway sequence and losing your friend on the subway. I think, I don't know about you, but that's happened to me before. So I felt that was really realistic. Yeah. uh, I think they did a good job with New York. Surprisingly. At first I was like, eh, but the bodega was really well done. Mm -hmm. You know, the angry people in the bodega. Perfect. The subway. Great. It was at first, I feel like they were able to use their phone down there, but the moment you get down there, usually, like, you lose service. Yeah, I guess it depends on the station, really. Yeah. I have one question I have about the bodega. Is that the first time in Scream Ghostface just killed random bystanders? It could be. I think it was, maybe. It was also the first time Ghostface used a shotgun, so. Single-handedly used a shotgun. Uh-huh. And there was, like, very little recoil. Hmm. Well, if that was specifically one of the killers, I guess that kind of makes sense. You know what I always like to do? I like to play back the scenes and imagine, once I know who Ghostface mm-hmm. is, who was wearing the mask at the time. Yeah, that's always a fun game after you. So, like in Scream 5, I have difficulty imagining Amber Freeman killing Dewey. Which is supposed, yeah, that had to have been her. So, that's one of the problems people have with that. I guess you have to suspend his belief a little bit. Yeah. So who do you think was wearing the mask in the bodega <laughs> to single-handedly I'm hold the shotgun? Would it probably have been the dad, the cop? Because probably. Did he show up like on the scene like immediately or no? I don't think so. I think he called. Yeah, before that, they were on the phone with him, but we technically don't know how much time passed between that phone call and them walking outside. So, we kind of have already been doing this, but chase sequences in this movie. Uh, there were a couple really well-thought-out chase sequences mm-hmm. in Scream 6. Um, of course, the one that sticks out to me the most is the apartment ladder scene. Yeah. Oh, I felt so bad for her. That was really sad. But that was really intense. They did a really good job of kind of building tension with the guy across the way, seeing it, and them just having a quaint little dinner. And then the shit hits the fan. <laughs> I mean, shortly after the core four is formed, mm-hmm. you know, Ghostface All just hell breaks loose. prances into the apartment and starts murdering everyone. Yeah. That was he good. seems so brutal this time around. And he was just manhandling these teenagers. I really did like um, Quinn in this. I But she had me... I I thought she... She was on top of my list at first, but then I thought she got killed legitimately. Yeah, re-watching it, I did try to pay attention to her specifically, and she does mention that 
you know, her brother died. Mm. You know, I try to look for the hints. And yeah. um, they do both mention it a couple times. The only thing with that for me, I was like, well, I guess that's how maybe they bonded. So they just kind of threw that in there. But yeah, obviously that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, she kind of like dies first, quote unquote, and gets flung onto them. And the boy that she was with was murdered in the bathroom. And then all hell breaks loose and Mindy's girlfriend gets like shish kebabbed. She bangs her head on a dumpster. That was yeah. sad. She said she when she said I don't want to die and then she did. Yeah. I mean it was a pretty brutal kill. I don't know how she survived getting filleted basically. Well, a lot of people in this movie somehow were stabbed a lot and are just fine. <laughs> I mean that that was probably the only complaint I have about this movie is that uh -huh. it seems so inconsequential at this point to be stabbed. Like it's one yeah. thing to be stabbed a little bit but some of these characters get turned into pincushions mm -hmm. and i mean and... i get the joke with chad and being dewey but everybody else they were they should not have been walking around at any point after that yeah like uh even mindy she gets stabbed pretty good and uh -huh. she's running yeah she does make a throwaway comment that uh, when about she jumps in the ambulance yeah, so, but still, I mean, she was stabbed twice, I believe, and right in the stomach. Very deeply, too. Yeah. But Tara, Tara's this little tiny 80-pound thing. Mm -hmm. She got stabbed. At least twice. At least t twice, pretty deep. Like, fell from a second floor balcony. Uh-huh. She was just fine. And she was just fine. Yeah. Well, how I mean, do you it, feel about if it were me, four? I feel like somebody should have died. Yeah. Like, the stakes weren't really high, I guess. I don't know. Somebody should have died. I don't want them to die. Honestly, I don't want any of them to die. I love Gail, but Ooh. her surviving <laughs> after all of that? Yeah. That was another... Uh, franchise great though that sequence because you really really did not know if she was going to die or not yeah I, I held my breath the whole time mm -hmm. basically the first time I watched it it was a very good chase sequence too mm -hmm. 100% probably my favorite in the movie actually now that I think about it yeah it was good her little um, star 69 moment she's so smart I mean that's like those faces never called her before they didn't yeah. dare um, and then when she tells them, you know, tell Sydney, he never got me. I mean, technically she's right. She survived. Uh -huh. But again, right until the last moment, until that EMT said we have a light pulse, I thought she was still going to go. Yeah, I really think she should have gone. Somebody should have died. <laughs> Somebody. Personally, I feel Mindy should have just because I get the joke of Chad being Dewey. So... If somebody had to go, her, and I mean, they're not going to kill Jenna Ortega since she's such a star now, and Sam is Sydney, so, yeah, Randy did die. She too. was the Randy of of Scream 6, basically, like, 
yeah, she mentions and this mirror, it. This mirrored too a lot, so somebody should have died. This scream also was actually the longest out of all of them, and I think it did a pretty good job of earning its runtime. I didn't think that there was that much fluff. There was very little filler, and I didn't feel that it was two plus hours. Like it felt like a very well paced movie. Yeah, it moves really well when it takes a break from the set pieces. They they do a pretty good job at character development. We actually like these characters. We want to see what they're up to and why they're in New York and how they're doing. Yeah. So what would you rate this movie? Like, out of all the screams, we're not ranking them yet, but how would you rate this movie as a Scream superfan? I mean, there's a little bit of recency bias, but I would rate it, you know, pretty high up there. It didn't, like you said, it moved really well. It was brutal. It had its funny moments. We actually liked the characters. I I think it was really good. Yeah, and, and I think it also handled Sidney Prescott not being in it very well. At yeah. first, I thought it was going to be really corny, like leaving her out, but... It worked fine. Of course, I want Sydney to come back at some point, but I think it's okay without her. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. She wasn't even necessary in five. It was nice to see her, but she didn't have to be there. Yeah. I think I would rate Scream 6, and I tend to be very nice to my movies, okay? People talk shit all the time because I, I try to be as nice as possible. <laughs> As long as I'm entertained, I'm basically going to give it a passing mark. To me, Scream 6 gets a solid 8 out of 10. And I also struggle with a little bit of recency bias. Yeah. Um, so I would probably rank it pretty high out of all the Screams. I would need to like give it a good amount of time and revisit it to really like take the rose-tinted glasses off. Yeah, I will say that happened to me with five. I hadn't. I saw it three times in the theater, and then I watched it a few weeks ago for the first time since, and I did like it a little less. Yeah, I loved five when it came out. Um, I watched it a bunch of times in theaters. To me, it was like my favorite out of the series, probably for a while. And now, after seeing six, mm, not so much. I definitely think six is better than five, though. Oh, definitely. So, what did you think about Kirby? She was all right. <laughs> <laughs> she, I didn't have this connection to the character like some fans did. Mm. Like, of course, I liked seeing her again. And, of course, it was cool to see her have that dynamic with Mindy. Yeah. Um, But seeing her, like, it was all right. It was all right. I liked what did her, you um... think? I did like her uh, Friday the 13th final chapter call out. I agree with her. Um, but there was something about it that seemed a little forced. She was kind of doing that Kirby way of speaking a little bit. And I don't know if it worked for me. But it was still nice to see her. And they did get me for a minute there in the climax when they kind of told I, us she was Ghostface. Me too. For a split second, I believed it. And then I was promptly disappointed because she's like, she builds herself up as this super badass 
FBI agent. I wanted to become the monster. Mm-hmm. And we really don't see her do too much. Yeah, she kind of just gets knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> On the topic of Kirby, what did you think about the Demi Lovato song? It's catchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to shit on Demi Lovato. I thought, I think the song is okay. Don't Um, shit on her. Her fans will come for you. I mean, maybe we need that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, Scream's always been known for having, of the times, kind of poppy songs and movies. Is Demi Lovato of the times, though? Question mark. No. Haven't you seen that meme where that girl asks who she is? (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a definitive ranking, at least for the moment? For, for the moment, yes. So, number one is the original. I don't see how you could ever top that. If you say you like something better than that, I think you're wrong. Um, my second one's controversial, Scream 4. I think it's an easy rewatch, which is always important for me. If I can't really watch rewatch a movie that well, it doesn't hold up for me. Um, Jill is amazing. My third one, as of now, is probably Scream 6. It's just a great time. I thought possibly the killer reveal was a little underwhelming, but everything else was great. After that, I would say Scream 2. That one doesn't hold up for me as well. It kind of lags a little bit there in the middle. Then after that, I would put five cream. As I said, it fell off a little for me. And then finally, Scream 3. It's funny. It has Parker Posey. And that's about all it has. Aren't you a little close? So for me, Scream 1, of course. For the same reason you listed. Then would have to be Scream 6. Oh, okay. Then 5. Then 4. And you know what? Thinking back, I don't, to me, maybe Scream 4 ranks so high for me just because it taps into that whole Scream Queens era for me. Yeah, I know we love us some Chanel. I mean, between American Horror Story, Scream Queens, like early 2010s. Also, it was very ahead of its time. It did a really good job. I, her saying, I don't need friends, I need fans. Hello. I know. Ahead of its time, 100%. Then it's hard it's a toss-up between three and two for me um but i think i'm gonna have to go with three and then two i know don't come i've seen a lot of people on twitter recently rating two number one for them why i don't know i mean it has good moments it really really does but i just it's not as exciting to me I don't think three gets the credit that it deserves, even though, like, yes, I know, I just ranked it second to last. I think they're all good. Yeah, but, definitely. But, like, three also was the one that warned us about Harvey Weinstein. Uh-huh. Like, ahead of its time. Yeah. And, it, I yeah. I they're mean, all that good, though. Like, we mentioned. Two yeah. is my last, but I still enjoy it. I still think it's a good movie. Like, it's hard to rank them because they're all good for the most part. Justice for Hallie. there's just something magical about scream the chase sequences always just feel so dynamic and 
seeing them fight for their life, you can feel that they're they're trying. Like they they scrap, they roll around on the ground, they're throwing things. There's no dummies usually in Scream, except yeah. for was that Jenny McCarthy in three? She didn't really try that hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I mean again, just based on how you mentioned earlier, how we kind of grew up with Scream, our our age group specifically, I I compare every slasher I see to Scream, and I'm un, un, underwhelmed by slashers a lot because of that. But sorry. Yeah, I love slashers, but. You know, that is the standard that I hold them all to. And unfortunately for them, it's Scream. Yeah. I mean, in my head, like, I know ghost faces are always different, but it's just this, like, lovable character once the mask is on that wants to kill you. Yeah, it always it always is. He's always the same in a way even though it's a different person every time. Yeah. You hear the phone ring and you hear the, the voice and it's like, oh, it's it's Ghostface. But of course it's a different person behind the mask, but it feels like a character you know. Yeah, and I they do a really good job always of giving him these lines sometimes that are just like nasty. I mean, what is with Scream and the word bitch? They love using bitch. Yeah. Yeah, Ghostface calls like Sydney a bitch like 7,000 times, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so good in his voice, too. Yeah. What's your favorite Ghostface line? I don't know. I, Well, okay. Probably the most recent one. I don't give a fuck about your movies. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and it, it sums up Scream so well, too. Like, it's irreverent, but it still pays homage to like horror movies. Mm-hmm. And this go around the the ghost face truly did not give a fuck about movies. It wasn't it wasn't a Richie. It was the opposite actually. Oh, that's that's really true. Like the main ghost face was not even a horror fan. Not at all. He, actually, he was he getting says revenge about, for a horror fan. Yeah, he actually says something um, towards the end. He was like, "Those movies always seemed a little dark for me." Yeah. wasn't a horror fan at all. One moment, actually, that really stood out for me at the end was after they kill him, the two sisters walk through the movie screen and Red Right Hand plays, and then it says on the screen, written and directed by Richie Kirsch, and I just thought that was amazing. For me, I want, I want like, gifts of that immediately. I thought that was really great because he, he kind of inadvertently orchestrated this whole movie. Yeah. Can you imagine if he kind of like left this game plan? Right. He's probably like, giving him too much credit, but what if? Yeah, he was, he was kind of like a. They, they do a really good job also, kind of just like Sam just is constantly making fun of his non working penis. <laughs> she even does that in five. Really? Yeah, in the very beginning. Do you remember? She says, I have your boner pills. Oh my God. <laughs> So where do you think uh, Seven will go? Will they stay in New York? I I don't think so. I could, the only thing I can really think of, since they did follow Two in a way, would be for Seven to emulate Three, and they're making movies about Five and Six. 
So do you think this will be the movie that reboots Stab? Yes. And again, kind of, it's never going to be as iconic as Billy Loomis and everything, but it all originated this new trilogy with Richie and that that his movie would finally be made. True. And if it takes place in Hollywood, we better get a very famous person for the opening kill. Could you imagine if they have Jennifer Coolidge playing Drew Barrymore? Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. So before we say our goodbyes, you do have an article that's coming out soon that is going to be talking about horror game remakes. Is there anything special you'd like to say about it? Um, well, kind of similar to Scream, we grew up with the all those old school classic horror games, and they're pretty much remaking almost all of them at this point. So it's just a really fun article talking about how something can be made scary again when you remake it as compared to movies when we kind of roll our eyes at a remake yeah surprisingly as much as i love horror i never really got onto like the scary games um oh they always scare me but i play them i could some of them i can't like i i think the first real horror game that i was able to play through was resident evil 4 and that was just barely on the gamecube um but i do love seeing that all these games are getting remade yeah, because it's really, it's so new. I mean, they're terrifying. The graphics today are photorealistic. It, you couldn't ask for anything better if you're a fan of them, especially. So where can everyone find you online? On Twitter, you can follow me at Alex underscore M underscore Spoopy if you want to see more of my hot takes. Okay. So make sure you give them a follow. And also, we do have a Patreon that just launched. So if you'd like to get shouted out at the end of the episodes, um, make sure you sign up at patreon.com slash horrorpress. And that wraps up episode five of our podcast. It's been a nightmare. Don't be afraid to reach out and let us know what you think on social media. And be sure to leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LLC as well as on TikTok at Horror Press. We look forward to seeing you in two weeks for the next episode of the Horror Press Podcast.